Microsoft is buying anything not bolted to the floor right now. With 1.2 billion users and thousands of marketers depending on their office suite, we predict what software acquisitions could also happen in 2021. Today on Growth Marketing for Martians. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Growth Marketing for Martians. I am your host, Jeff Lambert. I am joined by my partner, Rogelio Rodriguez. Rod, how you doing? Doing well, Jeff. Thanks. So we're going to be talking about Microsoft today. We know that they are on a buying spree over the past 12 months, and that has certainly heated up in the past week with another acquisition that they just made as part of a new feature set that we're doing here for the show. We're calling it Ask the Aliens. We want to focus on what we think is coming down the pipe tomorrow from our alien contacts in the marketing industry. So, Rod, why don't we jump in real quick, and before we go into our predictions of what we think Microsoft's going to do in the near future, in terms of future acquisitions, why don't we take a step back and talk about what has Microsoft done recently to buy and acquire and merge some different companies into their ecosystem? Yeah, absolutely. So, recently, uh, Microsoft acquired Nuance Communications for approximately $20 billion uh, at the beginning of April. Nuance uh, was a pioneer in text-to-speech uh, technology. They recently pivoted uh, to AI solutions specifically for healthcare, but all they also have uh, play and customers in finance, retail, and, and, and other industries. I don't know if you remember the name of the software called Dragon. Yes. Uh, Dragon Dictate. So Yes. Uh, I remember it must have been like mid-2000s getting that software from my Windows XP machine and plugging it right. in, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world because you could talk on screen into the headset and the words popped out. I mean, for me, I, it never got more than like a, a hobbyist thing. Like I didn't sit down and, you know, write the next great American novel using that software. Did you use it pretty heavily when they first came out? I did. I was super excited. I was probably an early, early adopter of the software. I went all in. I tried to use it for everything, uh, you know, and, and I don't know if it was my accent or what, but it, sometimes it just didn't work. And Stopped using it after a while, but but I've heard great things that it's it's gone a long way. And now that they have this whole refocus on creating the conversational AI for support and customer service, I think, I mean, like anything, right? When you're first to market, I think you have a, a an advantage from your experience that you can produce something uh, that's a lot a lot better, a lot lot higher quality once you have that under your belt. And Nuance released the statement too, like when they got acquired, this actually happened. We're recording on a Monday. This happened actually over the weekend. I thought it was interesting what they had to say as part of their release announcing this. And it ties into, like you said, what Nuance is doing now and really what Microsoft is trying to do now. They said, quote, together, Nuance and Microsoft will accelerate innovation and continue to advance the next generation of conversational AI solutions as we mutually gain even greater focused highly specialized resources and global scale to better serve our customers. It seems like a good fit, doesn't it? I believe so. I mean, uh, you know, Microsoft has a lot of products that I think could benefit from this deal and vice versa. Obviously, Nuance gets uh, opened uh, to a much broader market than Microsoft has. And, and then uh, Microsoft uh, gets an add-on that's, that should be very interesting, right? It's already in businesses. Almost every business I know is using the Microsoft platform or their office platform. So yeah. I think it, it, it'll be a natural, more, more natural fit and easier to uh, integrate these two technologies together. 
So you just gave us an example of Microsoft, you know, being active and trying to buy some companies and boost up their their portfolio. Why is Microsoft doing this? Why are they spending money lately on trying to get new companies in the fold? They're trying to fill in gaps where their competitors where their competitors aren't, right? Like Amazon has leapfrogged to become the number one in cloud computing. Apple's fir- has a firm hold on wearables along and Google and Amazon are trying to catch up to that. So uh, they're trying to rate drain supreme in two areas. One, the living room, which is the Xbox and, and their purchases of a ton of major video game companies. Oh, they bought everybody uh, recently, right? Like yeah. they bought uh, Bethesda, they bought Zenimax, they bought, oh my, Undead Labs. Like if, if, there's a, if there's a video game company that existed in 2019 and 2020, Microsoft probably has them in their portfolio now. And like PlayStation's yeah. just left there kind of looking like, uh, what are we going to do? So. Yeah, you're right. Like they're they're making a big play for for being dominant in the living room. You said there were two areas they're focusing on, though, right? That's right. The second one is the home office, right? By making Office the one stop productivity suite. As for Nuance, it seems like Microsoft is also considering jumping in further, trying to become tomorrow's leader in artificial intelligence and use, leverage that that technology that they've developed. At the end of uh, 2020, they had 136 billion dollars in cash to burn. So. Acquisitions and mergers already successfully in in the past, right? So it's 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 easier to do start here at this point than than starting from scratch. I think they're they're really focused on being able to acquire that technology instead of developing it themselves. Yeah, that's a great point. It's always easier to bring in the established people instead of trying to start from scratch. So we know that they're buying up. They have money to do it. We know that Nuance was a recent acquisition. Now we jump into the part where we predict what's going to happen in the future. So we have three predictions with our alien connections about what Microsoft is going to do next. So Rod, based on your uh, otherworldly context, what's <laughs> the first prediction that you're going to put out there for what Microsoft is going to buy next? Sure. And, and I think uh, this is an interesting one, x.aii. Uh, they, this allows users to schedule meetings right from a pop-up link that you can insert in any email. Uh, you can tell the bot what you need, and it will scan you and your other copied recipients' emails and automatically book a meeting for everyone involved. So Microsoft needs to get more uh, chat savvy across Outlook teams and, and their office suites, and this tool can help professionals be more productive. You know, I was checking out x.ai when I was doing research for this particular episode, and it's really neat what they've built in. I mean, we've all used schedulers, I'm sure, to be able to try and bridge that gap. There's Calendly, Google has a built-in integration, but x.ai, it's pretty cool. You can basically just send a message to the bot saying, hey, bot, I need a room for these people at this time. And it automatically scans everyone's calendars and automatically spits out a meeting time for you. And there's no clicking away to external pages to get it done. If you send a link to someone to make it, they can get the pop-up right in the email or right in the video chat and just schedule the appointment right there. So I can already see why this would be of benefit to people, you know, in terms of saving them a little bit time, uh, excuse me, a little bit of time, a little bit of more productivity in your day. Rod, since we're talking to marketers specifically, why should marketers care about this acquisition? Why would it be a good thing for us? Sure. Uh, I think in terms of what the competition is doing, right? Like Salesforce just bought Slack, which is a huge deal for us marketers spending less time using Microsoft tools. We're living in, in another uh, tool set essentially that helps us 
make it easier on our lives to communicate. So buying X.AI can help keep their users inside the ecosystem by giving that ease over right to the, the Microsoft suite of, of uh, tools. So overall, I think it's that sort of play, right? Being able to leverage uh, user bases on multitude, a multitude of levels, right? And still, and still delivering a better experience overall for, for their current user base. Great point, Rod. I mean, you're not going to leave the ecosystem if everything you need is inside there. And there hasn't been a silver bullet yet, you know, a productivity suite that offers everything. Microsoft seems to be moving towards that. Like you said, that's one of their goals. So with that in mind, let's go to our next prediction for Microsoft's acquisitions in 2021. What is your next crystal ball company telling you? Sure. Grammarly is the next one, right? Not Grammarly. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, for those of you who aren't familiar, if you've been living under a rock and you don't get any digital ads on YouTube or on the web, what is Grammarly? What do they do? It helps edit documents, emails, and other texters for spelling and grammar mistakes. They currently, it's currently already available on on Office software, also on Google G Suite and other web-based editors. and, And they even have text messaging keyboard that you can add to your iPhone or to your Android device that allows you to, to check the grammar on your text messages. Yeah, I, I love cool. Grammarly. And I can, I've never met anybody who hasn't loved Grammarly when they started using it. Right. It, just, it adds that little bit of polish to your messages or to your, to your documents, to your slide decks, everything. It's, just, it's, a, it's a great tool. Makes me a little sad to hear about, because whenever a company's acquired, there's always that roll of the dice like, oh, are they going to still be the same company? Are they going to get watered down? Are they going to you know, well, what's going to happen to them. So uh, why would Microsoft do this? Do you think, Rod? Well, uh, it could make easier, make it, make it, make their personal productivity tools even more powerful and easier for the, for the user that's using them, right? Uh, with a tightly integrated spelling and grammar assistant versus what they have now. For my personal experience, the, the grammar check is very limited inside the Microsoft system. Grammarly takes it out beyond uh, advanced level, right? You can you can check even uh, more advanced uh, compositions. You know, even even uh, write you can write your entire book and use grammar to check your your grammar on the entire book, right? Uh, which is which is I think a lot better and easier for the professionals, especially when they're you know they're in the system already writing professional emails, they're uh, putting together documents, writing newsletters, mm-hmm. creating slide decks. Uh, etc. So it would be that much easier by having that powerful tool already built in. Absolutely. And like you said, Grammarly isn't just about correcting spelling and basic grammar mistakes, which is basically what you get in Microsoft Word and even Google Apps, although I think, you know, Google's a little bit better. I mean, you can even, I love the ability to even choose like who your audience is, what type of uh, tone you want to take and what you're writing. You know, they'll make suggestions based on that, too, and give you better adjectives to use if you're trying to be uh, more upbeat in your writing as opposed to more serious or if you're trying to be more analytical. Like, that's the level that Grammarly takes it to, which is just really powerful. Rod, can you tell us a little bit, going back to the marketing focus, why should marketers care about Grammarly possibly being acquired by Microsoft? Well, uh, Microsoft already has deep insights and data to make Grammarly even better, right? Especially with their current portfolio that they just added on with AI and machine learning. I, I think uh, it could really take it to the next next level to have that access to, well, for one thing, obviously, deep pockets of Microsoft, right? But but also the other technologies that are out there. And I, I would love to see what comes out from, from something like this. 
you bring up a good point. Like if we think Grammarly is good now, imagine all that money and all that, you know, data and specialists behind, you know, making it even uh, more powerful. A little scary, but also very exciting at the same time. Great point. So we have, okay, we started off by talking about X.AI as a potential option. We talked about Grammarly being our prediction for another service that might be acquired this year. Give us one more, Rod, based on your interstellar contacts. Who could Microsoft be picking up this year? I would say Twitter. You know, they Twitter. Uh, yeah, Twitter. Twitter. What? Yeah. Okay. Sounds crazy. I know. But, you know, they've been looking to get more social and into the social media space. They bought LinkedIn, which fit nicely into the whole professional dominance focus, right? Out the office suite matches very nicely. You know, for their living room dominance and aspirations, they they need a t- they they need a tool that could help people connect after work hours, right? They try to buy both TikTok and Pinterest in the past three years. Yeah, good point. Buying Twitter would come with an established user base and locks lots of active influencers, which Microsoft has actively said they believe is the future for both gaming and social. So points right i you know i had forgotten about the i remember the tiktok acquisition that there were talks there i forgot about pinterest that's a very good point and you know linkedin even though i don't use it on a daily basis i think it has improved under microsoft since they acquired it you know it's it's a good tool it really is especially for not just for marketers for but for for uh, professionals in general and i remember reading the other day you just pointed it out that the current head of xbox phil spencer had talked about how influencers are so important to xbox's future and Twitter is known for, you know, you get that little blue check mark, the Twitter handles, uh, the people that post on a regular basis, breaking news, Twitter is still really big on. So for Microsoft to have like insider access and data to all that would be very big. I I can, I can get on board with that, Rod. It would be a huge acquisition, but yeah, I could see it happening. Tell me why marketers should care if this happens. So the whole social media control group would tighten even more if this happens, right? Meaning Twitter could, would almost certainly become baked into Edge and Bing. Uh, it could result in a in major usage shift with people loving it uh, or leaving it for more independent and emerging platforms. That's true. There's kind of the, like that pushback against the corporate entities right now in social media. So if I have to you know, to get my customized feed, use Edge more, if it, it becomes a part of maybe my the rest of my Microsoft experience, I may not enjoy that. If I if I don't enjoy social media that much, it would be interesting to see how that would do for Twitter overall, if that would help their users or hurt their user base. So three predictions that we have for you in 2021 of what Microsoft may acquire next. We'd be interested to hear your thoughts too. If you'd like to shoot us uh, an email, or if you'd like to contact us on social media, all that information is in the links. As always, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your listenership. We're here to help you be able to grow in your understanding of the best ways to help the companies that you serve grow their revenue. Rod, real quick, if people live in the Miami area, we have an upcoming event that you could take part in, correct? Yes, we are hosting the HubSpot user group meeting uh, for Miami. It's coming up soon. We'll have the details in the show notes as well as uh, the information is going to be published on our blog. So follow us. We'll get you that information out. So if you want to connect with Rod on a more personal basis, he will be leading that out. It'd be a chance for us to network even more. And Rod, also, I'd like to really quickly talk about a new service that Risen recently launched that we're really excited about that could help a lot of our user base and being able to handle their day-to-day, uh, their day-to-day duties and their day-to-day challenges. 
Can you talk to us a little about this new program we launched called RevGrow? Uh, yes, RevGrow is uh, for marketers and entrepreneurs that want to really learn as quickly as possible while having somebody that they trust and, and has a lot of experience in marketing, in growing businesses from uh, uh, both the marketers and entrepreneurs viewpoint, right? Uh, this program is 16 weeks. We work alongside you. So we work with you to build uh, and help you scale your uh, revenue generation machines. So we are very excited about the launch of this. We have a beta offer up right now. We will include the link to the landing page in the show notes. We invite you to check it out and we'd be really excited to work with you. So go ahead and see if it's a good fit. Rod, overall, hey, thanks for your, as always, supportive partnership. I do appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you. And to our listeners, thanks for your support. Keep reaching for the stars. Attention fellow marketers, managers, and business owners. This podcast is brought to you by Risen, a revenue growth firm focused on innovative strategies and proven tactics to scale your business. Learn more about how they can help you by visiting gorisen.com. Thanks for joining us. And until then, keep reaching for the stars. <laughs>